0: what to do next. So stop saying that you don't know what to do. Stop feeling overwhelmed. Stop living in the valley and start walking into your calling. So I'm so excited you're here. Welcome to the show.
1: Life or what, what um, fulfills you is going to change. It's going to be different and it's going to be different at different stages in your life. And so, yeah, I mean, in essence, like, it might feel good to be like okay well i'm just complacent i'm i'm here in my what i do for a living i'm here with my dream home and my family is wonderful and everything is great but things always happen right and so whether it's on the family side or it's on your business side or if something changes in what you want out of life like every it's it's constantly going to be changing so you're never going to be at that spot
0: yeah I guess I want to be at that spot but feel like I'm living in God's will I'm doing enough for what I'm supposed to be doing it for and like I'm on the right track without being overwhelmed and without feeling like the other side of it and when you're trying to line up your life with what God says. And there's a lot of to-dos. I started like doing some research and kind of scrolling through online today at like all the places where we're given a command to do something in the Bible. And it's insane. There was like 4,000 something, whatever commands. And it's like, um, cause I typed in like, how do you know if you're good enough for God, if you're doing good enough for God and in the stuff that I had come up, what I saw come up was you know the number one thing that says that we're not enough. Like, sorry to sorry to bust your bubble, but you'll never be enough. And that's when it said there's over four thousand commands in the Bible, and you can't. We're finite beings. We we aren't infinite like God. Like we can only take on so much. Our brains can only hold on so much. We can only do so much. We can only try so hard. And we all have sin, so we're not you know, loving your neighbor and loving yourself. Just those two things right there, most of us don't even do. Like we have attitudes towards people. We don't even get us started on ourselves because we have nothing good to say there. It's like, you're never going to be enough. And that kind of made me feel good. Like, okay, good. I, I don't feel enough because I'm not enough. And knowing that God is enough and that's why we need God. And we need to rely on the Holy Spirit to change us from the inside out. But I also always love everywhere that I see that talks about people in the Bible not being good enough and people that God used, like to think about this, like there were all these people in the whole entire world and they wrote the Bible about these specific people and almost every single person that's written about in the Bible had like some sort of issue going on, like this tragic failure that every single person was experiencing. So it kind of makes us feel better. Like. Oh, okay. Like David murdered and cheated and Jonah ran away and Elijah couldn't hold himself together. Like, you know, all these people that just doubted and denied and they had affairs and killed people. And no one was really good enough when you saw it on there. And that was like my good enough thing. Like, um, you know, Eve wasn't a good enough wife and it's a good thing because if she had been, we might not be here today. Like I, as I was kind of going over these things where like I'm not enough or in my recovery group right now, we're on step five, which if you want more information on the recovery group, if you click on the link in my bio on Instagram, um, which is just at Terrence Zarkoni, scroll all the way to the bottom and the resource link is there that you can click on it and you can find a church near you or an online program that does this recovery program. Highly recommend it. We're on step five right now and step five, you have to list out, well, step four, we had to list out and take inventory of like all the areas in our, in our life that we've done wrong out of all of our resentments, all of our fears, all of the harms that were done to us, all the harms we did to other people, sexual sins, um, sins around your recovery, like what you're in there for. And at first I hated it. I was like, this is stupid. I don't want to do this. But I started doing it. And as I started praying and asking God to remind me of these things and write them down, I had a moment where I was disgusted, you know, like just absolutely, I cannot believe this is who I was because I blocked out a lot of things that I've done in my life. And then I just realized, like, this person isn't even me anymore. I am not this person. And the whole point of having us write these things down. We're so that we could see where we fell short. We can see where we've done wrong. And then God gets the glory. Just like all of these people who, you know, Jonah was a coward. He wasn't a person that was going to, can you imagine? Okay. Think of this. So God speaks to you and tells you to do something. Like for me, he told me to write a book. Can you imagine if God was like, Hey, I want you to go into a war zone right now. Like, I want you to go over to um, Poland, where all the refugees are going and where it's mass chaos. I want you to go over there and I want you to tell the leader to let my people go. And this leader was known at just beheading anyone who even talked to them. You know how scary that would be? Like, I can tell you that I'm not a person that could do that. Like, I would be listed as a coward in the Bible. Like, Taryn was told this, she ran away, she never did it, and so the people were never let go. Like, the end ruined the whole thing. These people were not known as these, like, noble, bold, courageous people. They, the Bible even talks about Moses having some sort of speech impediment or stutter or something, and he was the one that was chosen to do this but realizing that we are not enough. And when we're not enough and we become still and we let God control our lives, then he can get the glory because it doesn't make sense that we've accomplished this. It just happened. And it really wasn't anything to do with us. And that's what God wants us to do. So I'm feeling like I'm not enough. I'm feeling like I'm, I'm failing, but it's funny because I am right now living in the exact place of my life that I have strived to live in for the last two years. Like the whole point of me stopping hustling and stopping being workaholic was so that I can be present in every single moment. I can have a good attitude. I can be available for those who need me that are around me and I can help people get out of the valley and heal and connect to God and connect to their purpose. That's all I've wanted to do. And I'm literally living in that right now, but I'm still feeling like I'm not doing enough. I'm not, I'm not doing my business enough. I should be working more. I should be writing my book. I should be contacting more people. I should open up my schedule more to do one-on-one coaching. And it's my favorite thing that Tony Robbins says, that we should all over ourselves. And it's like, I should do this. I should do this. I should do this. And that's just a way that the enemy just gets in our head. And so really like after I messaged Alicia and told her that I'm living in this vacation mode and I need to get into work mode, I realized, and I wrote about it yesterday in my book, and it just solidified the point even more. And I'm going to go back and add to the part where I wrote about this. How important it is to have people in your life that will speak life to you, to have your person in your corner. And Alicia is someone that I know God brought to me because when I started praying, Lord, connect me with people who I need, who they need, or who they need you. Make your perfect connections. Bring me people. She was one of the people that just literally showed up on my doorstep. I mean, not really on my doorstep, but just showed showed up there and we had this connection and it was this spark and it was this like, almost this like I've known you forever type of thing. And it's no surprise to me that God used her yet again yesterday to kind of refocus me and realign me with what God says and to get me out of the devil's claws. Because without even realizing it, We end up right back in our cage that we came out of, and we just don't realize that we're back there yet, that we're shackled. We haven't tried to run away yet, so we don't realize the shackle clipped to our ankle again. And we're like, oh, life is great. We're distracted. We're looking at our phones. We're busy. We're, We're running. We're doing all these things in our mind. And then all of a sudden, you look down, and you see around you, and you're like, oh, crap. I'm right back to where I was. And then you have all those thoughts that come in, like the fears and the doubts and the stresses. And you start realizing all the tr- all these triggers and these things that are making you feel, now you're isolating. Now you're ignoring people's phone calls again. Now you're going back into thinking like, oh, poor me and my life sucks. And what am I gonna do? And I really need to make money. Like that thought pattern of money pops in a lot for me. That all of a sudden it like it just like creeps up and it explodes of like, because we are today, we are signing our last official paperwork to buy our property and we're doing it at four o'clock today. so it's a very exciting. it's a humongous milestone. I haven't even like begun to process that. and it was totally God. it was not us, and that's why I love it that it just like landed in front of us and it all works. but so we're buying this property today which is a lot of money and then now we're going to build our house like we're going to build our house and we are going to build a pool and we're going to build all this stuff and now it's like how are we going to pay for this are should we have bought this property maybe we shouldn't have bought the property maybe we should have just stayed here and like this was too much And I like, how am I going to make money? And I really should be working more. Okay. What can I do? What can I do to make money? What can I do right now to make money? Okay. I can maybe, okay, maybe I'll start coaching. Maybe I'll, and then I'm like, no, I don't want to do that because I want to be focused on my home. And it's like, just like that, the devil just like grabs one thought and then like, just like pulls you over here. And now you're like worried about money and you're stressing, what am I going to do? And it's like, just stop, but you have to have someone open your eyes to be like, why are you thinking that way? Why are you talking that way? Why are you looking at things that way? And a lot of times we can't see it because we're in our own emotion. And that is why we need community. That is why we do this, why we get on, why we stay connected randomly, not every single day or even weekly, but we all stay together here and there because it's like we still need that connection of like, Hey, will you, will you look at this? Or can you tell me that I'm, that this is okay? Or what is your thought on this? Or I don't know what to do about this. What should I do? And it's so amazing to have other people that can lift you up and encourage you and tell you. And like Melanie the other day, thank you so much for checking in on me on my book. And she's like, if you need an accountability partner, I'm your girl. Like, let's do this. And I'm like, you know what I do? I do need that. You checking in on me, like, how's it going with that goal that you set? is huge. And so if you have a goal, share it with other people so that people can check in on you and they can know like, Terry, how's your scrapbook coming? I know it was a huge goal of yours. I know it was a huge dream and you were like exploding at one point. Like I have to get this out there. I have a mission. I have a purpose. And sometimes we just get busy Sometimes we start doubting ourselves. Sometimes we're like, "Mm, I don't know if this is even going to work. I'm just going to kind of put this on pause, go over here. And you need that person that's like, how's it going? You said this, this was your goal. How is it going? Like we need to do a better job at that. I think because there are so many attacks and it is so hard to stay focused on where we're supposed to go. And that's why journaling is so great too, because it's like accountability to yourself that you can write yourself something in a notebook. Like a lot of people tell me, I'm not good at journaling. You don't have to be good at journaling. Journaling isn't really something that you're good at or you're bad at. You need to just get a book that's designed only for your thoughts. That's all you're putting in there. You're not taking notes on sermons. You're not doing it. It's your thoughts. And just start writing down the thoughts you have. And just start by writing down when you're experiencing the highs of highs and when you're experiencing the lows of lows so that when you are on a high and you feel connected and purposeful and you have just the fruits of the spirit and you're exploding with gratitude and happiness and goals and write those things down because in a couple of days when you're not feeling that you need to go back and you need to read it in your own words. Or I have several letters that I've written to myself that now I'm saying this, I wanna read them. I haven't read them in probably a year or two. They're tacked to my board behind my computer. And they're letters that I wrote to myself so that I could remember the words I wanted to remember. Like, don't get, don't get all up in your head, don't get clouded, don't get distracted. Remember, this is the goal. And now that I think about it, I really am interested. Because, you know, these were some these, some of these were at like my darkest moments when I wrote these, um, letting myself know like who I really am. Like, I know that you're questioning who you are and your abilities right now, but this is who you really are. And like speaking life over myself, because those thoughts, I mean, they just get so dark so quick and we don't even realize it. But one of the things that you can do when you're realizing that these thoughts are dark is to phone a friend. That's the first thing that you have to contact someone. If you don't have anyone in your life, I can't even tell you enough how important it is to add a prayer to your list. And if you don't have a list of prayers, you should, because you're going to forget some, put them in your phone, write them on post-it notes. It can be however it's going to work for you. Put it in your calendar, have it go off every morning. So it's just right in there. It's in the note however you want to do it, but one of the prayers you need to pray for every single day, constantly when you think about it is, Lord, connect me to the perfect people. Now, we're not looking for people who are perfect. We're looking for the perfect connections through God of what you need, and God has given me so many encouragers because he knows I need to be encouraged, and it's just amazing when you see God showing up and doing that. And I was thinking last night that I'm still connected to every single one of my encouragers that God brought me. Since I started praying this, I am still connected to every single one of them. We stay connected. And it's this soulful connection. Like I've said, it will blow your mind. I even have a list in my journal of all the people. One time when I was flying home, I thought of it and I wrote down everyone I could think of that I knew was given to me from God and all of your names are on there who are, on on here live, and a lot of you who probably listen to the recording are written down there too. Um, because we don't realize what an impact someone else can make on our life. So that's the first thing that we need to do. Um, and then the other thing that I was realizing was that as I'm writing down all of these fears, so it was all of the fears that I have. As I was reading all the fears and kind of reading like why that was a fear, I realized that I'm putting all my trust back in humans. And I'm trying to line up with what the world says to do and not what God says to do. And that's tricky. So I have a fear of, of abandonment because I was abandoned when I was younger. I now still have that fear. So I seek a lot of people around me or I used to. And the approval of people is where really what I needed. I needed people to approve of me And when I was younger, the only way that I got people to be my friend was having money. And so it became engraved in my mind that if I have money and I have stuff, I'll have more friends and I'll never be abandoned. So my workaholic tendency was developed out of a way to survive and out of a way to protect myself. And that's all I was familiar with. But realizing that you don't need that. You don't need, if you become a friend of the world, then you're an enemy of God. You cannot be a friend of the world. Now, can you love the world? Of course. Are you going to be kind and loving all those things? Yes, you are. But if you're friends with them, like you have similar qualities, you're in the world, then that's not good. So realizing that these fears that we have, writing them down. I one time had a funeral for fears. I had it at my house with my kids. And then I also did one virtually with a big team of people. And it was so interesting what we did. It was such an easy thing too. We started out by writing 10 things that we were either afraid of or that we didn't like about ourselves. And we wrote them down. And so this is great to do with kids too. Uh, it would also be great to do with a spouse. Uh, maybe like make dinner and do this after or something. And it's a really great thing to just open up and talk, writing these things down that you don't like about yourself or these fears that you have, like fear of rejection or fear of failure, or, um, you know, you have a fear of public speaking whatever these fears are, they're holding you back. They're holding you back. I had someone comment on one of my reels that I saw this morning And she said, I need to get over my fear of public speaking. I became a certified life coach. I want to help people heal in Christ and lead them back to God. And I'm terrified to talk to people. And the first thing I thought of was, this is just a fear. This is a way that the devil still has a stronghold on you that is holding you back from doing what you want to do. Just like me. It's like a piece of duct tape that he has to put over your mouth. You can't see it. It's clear duct tape. It's invisible, but it's holding your mouth shut from doing what you need to do. It's however we are held back. To me, the devil holds me back in my mind and in my thoughts, slipping one little thought into my head, hoping that I grab onto it. And then I just roll with it and I listen to it on repeat. And it sucks. It really does. It sucks to live like that. We have to learn to let that go. It's also hard because we have been programmed on these limiting beliefs that we don't, uh, we're programmed. I've been watching, did you guys watch the show on Netflix about the FLDS community called Keep Sweet and Obey, I think is what it's called, or Keep Sweet, Obey and Pray or something. It's on Netflix and it's about the fundamentalists of the Latter-day Saints of Church of Jesus Christ in Utah. And about what they believe and what was happening in their community and just all of the stuff happened and they took the leader and he's in prison for life and just all of this stuff. But it's crazy in this community, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people and they're more known as the polygamists. So there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people in this community. And some of them now are third generation believers Meaning their parents and their grandparents were born in that community. So like, that's how deep these beliefs are now. Like your grandparents and your parents and you were all born in this community with this belief. And when some of these people woke up and they got out of it, they were just, they were just couldn't believe that they had believed this, this for so long. And now they don't even know what to believe because- They were tricked before and it's like, this is how you were formed into your thinking. This was the belief that you had, that it was engraved in your brain that everyone in your family believed or else. And we are very much the same. I started watching the show and all I kept thinking of is, this is just like every single person in the whole world. Brainwashed into thinking something and you truly believe it and you hold on to it just because other people told you to believe it And a lot of these things are wrong and inaccurate and are terrible things to believe, but you just believe them because that's what your parents told you. And it's what their parents told them. Like work hard and you'll be rich. If you want to be rich, you have to work super, super hard. You have to sacrifice. You have to work, 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 and you will be wealthy. And that's actually not true. There are a lot of people that have made a lot of money and it really wasn't that hard. If you tap into who you were created to be, the talents you have, the skills you have, and you rely on other people in the areas that you're weak in, it won't be that hard. And it probably will be fun, more like what Alicia was saying. like Find out how to love your life and live every single day where you're feeling like this, but also doing what you love. And it was, a, it was a reprogramming that I needed to happen last night because I was thinking, okay, I need to start working again. And even my daughter was like, mom, when are you going to start working again? And I was like, oh, I'm not. She's like, well, I don't think that that's fair to daddy that he has to work and you're not working. And I was like, okay, why don't you think that's fair? She's like, well, because he has to make all the money. And so I'm like, okay, well, who takes care of the house? who makes all the dinners, who grocery shops, who makes sure you have, go to your orthodontist appointments, who makes sure that the pool is clean so you guys can swim in it and you have clean clothes. And I'm like, who would do that if 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 I was working all the time? And she kind of didn't really say anything. It was just sitting there for a second. And she's like, well, you could work just a couple hours a day, like before we wake up. And I kind of sat there because that morning, I really got serious with God and I was just telling him like, I, I need to know what to do. I need to know what to do. Am I going to, I know that the, I know that the people need me. Like, that's not a debate in my mind. Like I know people need me because people are in my DMs. They are texting me. They call me. They ask me, like, I know that people are out there and they need me. I haven't even posted anything on Instagram and I still have people commenting and like coming. So I know that the people are there now. And I know that the message that I have will improve their lives through God. I know that I need to be writing my book. I know I need to do that, but I'm like terrified to get back into work mode because I don't want to get back into hustle mode. So it's almost like an alcoholic that's like, you know, maybe they're not like a full blown alcoholic, but you're like, okay, things have been getting a little crazy lately. I'm going to like reel it in. I'm going to stop drinking for a little bit. Maybe you've been like, you know, 4th of July mode, you drank a bunch over the weekend and now you're feeling guilty and you're like, okay, I need to like reel it in. No more drinking on weekdays. Like I'm only going to drink on the weekends and you do that. And then you're sober for like a week or two. And then you're like, am I ready to go back on the boat? and have all those drinks, like, am I going to be able to say no? And you're like getting yourself back in it. It's the exact same thing. Like the addiction, like, am I going to be able to just work a couple hours in the morning and feel good and feel fulfilled and walk away? Or is it going to be this thing that just overpowers my life again? And I've worked so hard the last two years to get out of that, that now I'm like so scared on the other end and I can't even go back in. But I know I need to go back in. I know that I'm needed and that's what God wants me to do. Not only does God, not really does God want me to work. This is what I'm thinking in my head. Like God wants me to work. I am an able-bodied person. I do have time in my day. I could be doing stuff to make money. But God wants me in my purpose. And when you're connected in your purpose, doing what you were created to do, the money will flow. Because you're doing the thing because it's what you love. So for me, like what I love to do is I love to coach people. I love it. I love it so much. It's, I know that God gave it to me because my mom will be like, I can't believe you love to do that. That sounds like hell. I would hate to do that. (laughs) Well, I like, I just love it. Like, tell me your problem. Tell me what's going on inside of your head. Tell me what you want to accomplish or what's holding you back, like, let's talk about it. And I will absolutely be able to help you. I love doing that so much. Now I wish I could do that to myself. I try to coach myself and I try to like step out of the emotion and try to coach myself, but it's so hard because you're in the emotion. So when you're in an emotion of frustration and irritation, you're just like, you're frustrated. You're asking all these questions, you're doubting. You're like, this isn't gonna happen. And yeah, but this, and you have an excuse for everything it's hard to coach yourself out of something when you just are in that excuse mode. So that's why you need another person to say like, Hey, this, and you'd be surprised. A lot of people are better. Don't really think of it as a coach. Think of it as a friend and a listener. A lot of times people just need to talk. You just need to listen to them. Just think, be a good listener and then give advice that is biblically based. And if you don't know what it is, you know what? Let's look this up together. Go to gotquestions.org and type in what does the Bible say about being enough? Or what does the Bible say about divorce? Or what does the Bible say about anger? Or what does the Bible say about pride? Or you know, what does the Bible say about toxic relationships? What does the Bible say about drugs or addiction? Or t- write it in there. And you'll be able to get some good advice for yourself and for them. But I love coaching. I could do it all day long. It's scary because I will do it all day long. And I did do it all day long where I was doing it 16, 17 hours a day. And I was just on fire. And the more people I coach, the more people I help. So the more approval I get of people where they're like, thank you so much. You you gave me exactly what I needed. This changed my day. This flipped everything around. And that's a good feeling to my flesh and my ego. And then now, instead of relying on God to fulfill that, I'm relying on people. And so I work harder because I want more praise and approval when really that's just an idol. And I'm not doing God's will. I'm using the skill and the talent that God gave me, but I'm not using it in the right way. And just like Jesus drank wine, you can drink wine. It's not against the Bible to drink wine, but if you're getting totally wasted, slosh, can't stand up, can't make good decisions, then that's not okay. It's the same thing. Like use this thing. It can be great and beneficial and fun, but it also can lead to destruction and be terrible if it's used the wrong way. So you first have to know what your skill is. What is that thing that I can do all day? And a lot of people are stuck on step one. That's where the most people I find are stuck at. Like. That's great, Taryn. I would love to do that, but I have no idea what I want to do. I have no idea what I like. I have no idea what I want to do when I get older. And it's not your fault. It's because you were raised in a school that wanted everyone the same and they told you all of these things and limiting beliefs and they wired it in you to go to college and said that you'll be a loser if you don't and you got to go to college and you got to get into college and you got to even if you don't know what you want you just got to get in there and just do something just go to a community college get a couple of years you got to have a job you got to have a job and they push like this nine to five this what are you going to do and you never have an opportunity growing up to really figure out what is it that I want to do what is it that's fun and typically. When kids express this like fun, loving, exciting skill that they have, adults just squash it. Like my son right now, he wants to get paid for video gaming. And the world is like, yeah, you know, okay, sure you are. Like, you know how many people do that? You know how hard it is to do that? No, you need to just do something else. You need to just go to school, go get for four years, go be go be like an engineer. An engineer, you get paid good, you have good time off, you, get, you have good money, but also, treated well, they're hiring everywhere right now. You should do that. So, this person goes to school to be an engineer not because it's what lit them up, got them out of bed, woke them up. They started going because it's what was just pushed on them. And then they wake up when they're 35 and they're miserable and they don't know why because they're exactly where they are and have, have achieved everything that they have wanted to achieve. But now they wake up and they're miserable. And that's what happens. And a lot of us are women that go through this and then have children and then are like okay wait a second now what because you have kids you become a mom and that's who you are you are a mom you are in mom mode you are a mom first before you are yourself and then after the years go by your kid your youngest kids like two and three usually then you have another kid you know and then that kid gets like two three you have another kid that's like kids one you have another kid It depends on how many kids you have. And then as your kids start to get older, you then realize like, okay, wait a second. I think, I think I can still be me somewhere. Like, I think that this is possible. Who am I? And you go through this, like refining out yourself, realizing that you are not just a mom. You have your own needs. It is not selfish to put yourself first, that you have to do these things. Your kids rely on you less and less because they're getting older. And then it's kind of leaves you with this, like, oh, wait a second. Now what? What do I want to do with my life? Do I want to go back to school? Do I want to do something from home? What do I even like to do? You haven't had time to do hobbies. You haven't had time to be yourself. You're in survival mode. You have kids. And so we're left with this like now what, what do I want to be when I grow up? And we are grown up. And then we feel like we're running out of time because I need to know what I'm doing and I still have no skills and I still have no passions and that's why I had to create the course, find your purpose, because I was trying to coach people at like step two or three, once you know your purpose and you're like, okay, I, God told me to write a book. I'm going to do this. This is my platform. This is my plan, or I'm going to be a life coach, or I'm going to build this scrapbook, or I'm going to start an apparel business, whatever, when you know what the purpose is and you're like, okay, this, this is what I'm supposed to do. I want to help people. Okay. What's the next step? Now, you know, your purpose. I want to connect and help you get to the next step. But as I was trying to coach people on, okay, you need this as your profile picture and you need to be posting this. And this is how you boost the algorithm. And this is how you get to be seen. I was like teaching all of this stuff when people are like, wait, 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 go back. What's step one? Like, that's great. Like, okay. Posting every day profile picture of me smiling no sunglasses on no filter over it like okay this is great but but what am I posting what am I posting again on Instagram like go back to that part what do I post and you you don't know how to go to step two until you're at step one so you complete and find your purpose and then you move on but I'm realizing that the biggest piece of this puzzle that holds it all together is like the glue that holds all the pieces together is staying in close community so the devil's voice is just muffled out and you can't even hear it. If you have so many people that are speaking life over you, that are encouraging you in your, in your goals and in your dreams... And you have people that are giving you feedback and they're checking in on you and they're they're asking you how things are going and they're asking to see a sample of what you have and they're kind of holding you accountable, but they're also there to be like, that's the devil in your head. Don't let him get in your head. You know, April did that for me last week. I was telling her, I was kind of the same, the same message was going on in my head, like what are you going to do? How are you going to afford this stuff? How are you going to afford your dream house? You're supposed to be building your dream house and you're not even making money right now. Like, and I don't care. I don't need to make money right now. But that thought is just like in my head now. And so April was like, that's just the devil trying to get you focused over here. So you miss the point over here. And it's exactly true. It's what had been happening. And so I think that if I know as much as I know about the valley, so much that I'm writing a book about it, If I keep stepping into holes that I don't see are there and don't realize I'm in the hole for a couple of days, how many other people are doing the exact same thing? I can recognize the signs of the valley. I know what they are. I know how to get in the valley and I know how to get out. And I find myself in these little pits where the devil just has a hold on my mind and it's slowing me down. That's what it is. A shackle is slowing you down. Remember those commercials for the DUIs? And it's like this guy that was like attached to a ball and chain. And he was like walking and like pulling his leg and like the balls like moving and he's walking like super slow. And it was like, not only is it a $20,000 fine for a DUI or $20,000 in fines and whatever fees, but you also have to pull this thing around for the rest of your life. And like, you saw the guy like pulling it. That's exactly how I feel like it is with us and the things that we believe. You might have your purpose and you might say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. But if you don't stay ignited and excited and around encouraging people, this dream is going to die. It's going to die because you can't have it around, especially if you have it around people who don't believe people who aren't going to help you encourage this, if you have people around you that are trying to like blow out your flame and you're trying to protect it, like they will do that. And that's why we shouldn't share a big, crazy dream with just anyone. And I think that that's why so many people will message me and share their deepest dreams with me. They're like, this sounds so crazy. And I can't even believe I'm saying this, but like, I want to move to Spain and be a teacher and help these kids. And I hear the most amazing, beautiful dreams from people, but they think that they're stupid. They're embarrassed to even say them. And it's good that they're protecting them because you can't expose it to anybody. If they told their family, I think I'm going to sell everything I own, move to Spain and be a teacher and be an English teacher in Spain. Most people would be like, are you crazy? Like, how are you, how are you going to live in Spain? How are, do you even know what it will take to live there? Do you have money to do that? Do you have a job lined up? Do you know that you can get work when you're there? Like all of these fears that people just put in your head. So you should hold on to a dream. But that's why it's amazing to have community because you guys are the first people I call up when I have a dream. Like, and I think that you guys are too. Like, oh my gosh. So I was thinking, guess what I just thought of? Let me tell you what I want to do next. It's because you need to kind of get it out there But you have to do it in the right way. And so thank you, Alicia, for being that person to me yesterday, because I really just needed to hear that you can, like, I've known it, but I needed to hear the fact that it was a limiting belief of, like, you need to start working again, because I think we should just take the word work out of, like, just out of the sentence. It doesn't have to be work. I mean, we need to call it something else. I don't know what to call it. Like, purpose, or <laughs> like, I don't know, just something different. But when you're connected to that, like for you, Alicia, you had the job that you, it like sucked the soul out of you. I remember you just saying in the mornings how like I'm driving to work another day. Here we go. And then you start dreading what you're about to do.
1: Yeah, you know? it was awful. <laughs> Um, you know, and that's the thing too, is I look back on that sometimes and I'm like, every once in a while, like I do have that question where I'm like, is that what I was supposed to be doing? And I think for the moment, it was what I was supposed to be doing because I did have that dream of wanting to be like somebody in a company in like I wanted to climb that corporate ladder and like be that person and part of it was due to my own um like limiting beliefs and and my own self-worth that I didn't go to college so you know I can't get a job like this or I can't be in that kind of position or and then when I did it it was like okay well here I am I did this but It's not really all that it's cracked up to be. And it just, it was more so that it was not self-fulfilling. It just didn't fill my soul. Like, you know, I I know the job. I know how to do it. I can and I can successfully do it and I can lead and I can, you know, do all these things. But were they things that I that made me happy that I woke up in the morning and was like excited to do? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. Like no way. Um, and, you know, and, you know, and I still now work a nine to five, but I work a job from home where I don't have to commute. And that was like one of my biggest things there it was like, I don't need to drive 45 minutes or however long it took me to get to work every day, just come sit in this office and by myself, because I literally worked so much that I did not even hardly conversate with anybody. Hey, bro. And, um, And then it was like, then I would get in my car and drive, you know, 45 minutes or longer home. And then I was exhausted. And by the end of the week, it was like, because I worked so many long hours and I got up so early in the morning by Friday, I was just exhausted. And then Saturday it was, you know, it was just, it was that hustle mentality.
0: It was literally like the go, go, go hustle mentality, you know, and now. Well, just because you're good at something doesn't mean that you should do it. That's no. no. that so many people are like, well, you're so good at it. Or what are you good at? Yeah, you should do that. It's like, yeah, but I hate it. (laughs) Right, right. It's not about what you're good at. You could be a great cook and absolutely hate cooking just Mm -hmm. because you're good. Doesn't mean that you should cook all the time. And that's something that I wish that more people would, would really just embody. Like, it's not, what are you good at? Because that's what a lot of people ask. Like, what do I want to be when I grow? Okay. What are you good at? Let's see no what do you like to do what what mm-hmm. fills your soul because yep. the world just says well do you have good insurance and you have time off and they treat you well and yeah you should stay there you're crazy to leave and it's that's not what it's about but what fills your soul what do you like to do and what i love about your story is that what you did what you were doing isn't what you were doing now that one thing kind of led to the next to the next to the next And you're like, okay, let's see, do I like to do this? Like, yeah, I do, but there's things about it I don't. So let's shift and let's try this. And do I like this? I do, but there's things I don't. So let me do this. And one thing kind of led into the next opportunity. And I think that you have to be willing to just let things change around you. And you always have been. You're like, well, this is just how it is. Like, I'm not going to stress about it. I'm just going to enjoy it. And I know that you probably had a ton of fear. I know it was so hard for you to quit your job, but to me, you really looked very fearless. Like, yep, I'm going to quit. I put my two weeks in and, you know, here it is. You were rewarded so much, like to think of your life now compared to your life then, how do you feel like your life is different now?
1: Oh, it's 1000% different. I mean, it's a, but it took a little bit getting here too, because I also had that hustle mentality, you know, and it's like PTSD, yeah. you know, it, it takes time to get out of that mindset where you like, I don't feel purposeful unless I am doing all the work. Mm -hmm. Like unless I'm sitting at this desk for eight hours a day staring at this computer, regardless of whether I am actually doing something that is productive or not, I am not working. Like I, um, because I do work from home I, you know, I can, or work from wherever I should say, I don't necessarily have to be home, but I felt like I did. Like, I felt like I needed to be in my office. And if I went anywhere, like to the store or out to lunch with my husband or, you know, something that I would normally do at my other corporate job. Um, if I did anything like that, i I felt guilty and I felt nervous and I felt scared. I'm like, what if something comes up? What if they need me? What if I need to do something? What if I need to do it right now? And like what I've realized over time. And now I've been here, been at this with this company for, you know, what has it been like nine months or it's taken me like this long to where I'm like, it's okay. If I'm on the road or if I don't respond to somebody like right now, unless it's like a dire emergency, but there's just things that are just okay you know, and I don't have to be sitting in my office. Like, like there's a camera on me, like watching, making, you know, and that's how I really felt for months for months. And so, you know, there's, there's that, that's different. And, and just the, the whole um, time freedom, you know, getting up and commuting somewhere is just such a time suck.
0: Well, I think so this is too what I love so much about this. So I came and Alicia came, we all came from network marketing. Maybe if you don't know our background story and everything. So what I saw were people who wanted freedom. Like I, I don't want to go into an office. I want to be able to work from home. That was literally what it, we used hashtag work from home. Like that's what you did. You want to work from home and you want freedom then you should join network marketing. And that was kind of the whole pitch and it worked for a long time. And then what I saw happen and why I left the industry is because I just couldn't tell people that that was their best option to be free and to work from home anymore because network marketing is the hardest thing. And we all can agree the hardest thing we have ever done. It is so hard and We were saying, oh, it's the easy way to work from home and to be free. And it's not. And what I found is that people were actually just deteriorating their souls and their self-worth feeling like, why can't I hit this promotion? Why can't I do this? Why am I not like everyone else? Why? And it's not that you're not, you actually are like everyone else. But what you saw was this spotlight of a few people that were just had a better influence and would convince people to move from one company to the next. And it would make you feel like you were bad at your job, which would then flow into everything in your life. You would be in a bad mood. You'd be irritated with your husband. You're fighting with your husband because now you have to pay more money in this company and you're not making what you said and they're not believing you and supporting you. And it just creates all this conflict. And then you have mom guilt and you have this stress because it's you're missing all this opportunity, but you're trying to sacrifice. It really is like, it's like, Embedding that hustle mindset deep down in you, like, come on, keep going. Like, I know it doesn't seem like it'll work, but if you keep sacrificing it, will when really it's like, why don't you go get a job from home that they will pay you 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, dollars a year to sit at home and have freedom and build a business for someone else. There, not everyone is an entrepreneur. Being mm-hmm. an entrepreneur is hard. And I actually have had the thought recently, like, I don't know if I like being an entrepreneur as much as I thought I liked being an entrepreneur because it, I like to have a passion project. Like my book, my book is my passion project. And then I was thinking like, how great would it be to just log in a couple of hours with people, make the money and turn it off like, it's not your passion. It's not your everything that you have. You obviously have to be passionate about to do it and feel some sort of purpose and fulfillment. Now you can be so creative at your job. And they're asking you to do all these things that you love to do, like plan events and design shirts and plan retreats. And that stuff is exactly what you've always loved to do. Like, how cool is that? How many people love to plan events and plan retreats on someone else's money? Um, okay. Like sign me up, you know, like, But we are doing what the world is saying to do, and it's just ruining everything we have. Like, don't just do what you're good at, but do what would be fun. And the job is out there. Like, it is 2022, people. It is not 1995. It is not 2007.
1: Well, and that's the one thing that the pandemic did bring, is that it did bring all these opportunities for people to work remotely or work from home or work, you know, or not have to go. That's what a lot of employers realize too, is that it, it's not, it's not absolutely necessary to have a brick and mortar, you know, a building for people to come to every day. And, and that was their at.
0: limiting belief as corporations mm-hmm. We're like, no, you just have to have a building and the employees all come to work and they all do their job. But once it was forced to do something different, they're like, wait a minute. Our people yeah. are happier we're saving money because we don't have this overhead uh, the morale went up and like people are being more creative they realize but it's they have limiting beliefs too of just do this you can't trust your people get them all in a building make them drive right. put them in dress clothes you know like and it's like mm-hmm. you don't even have to do this
1: it's it's crazy that how the, how the whole reality of corporate America has shifted. Mm-hmm. But I do think that there is something in the, and what you were saying about being an entrepreneur um, and why I think it's really not for everybody is because there is something to be said about community and about um, having like those interactions with people and being an entrep- an entrepreneur is a very lonely place to be. Mm -hmm. It really is. It's, you know, it's, you're running your own business and yes, you have all the freedom and the say-so to make it whatever you want, but you're the only one. You're usually the only one. And a lot of
0: people need some say-so. They need some input. Like I know I do.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I, it's, yeah, it is. I like how you worded that. I mean, there's
1: tons of times where I'm like, um, like just say, for instance, just this last weekend for 4th of July, I'm like, I should just run a sale on like all my shirts that have just been sitting in inventory that I haven't sold. And like kind of just move the stuff out and bring the new stuff in. We're going to be coming into fall, like I'm gonna, I'm getting all these new designs for fall and like I should just do that. And I've been so inundated with this other project that I'm working on that my the space in my brain there isn't enough space in my brain or in my energy field to focus That much energy onto something else. And so, yeah, it's a great idea. But did I do it? No, no, all the stuff is still sitting in inventory. I didn't run the sale. I did, you know, I just didn't have it in me. Now, if I had, let's say, a partner who, you know, was like, hey, look, let's run the sale, would that be a fire under my butt to get me to do it? Probably, you know, probably, it probably would. Um, But because it's just me, And there isn't anybody else relying on me. And it is just, you know, it's just my thing. Um, There's nothing crucial happening. I'm just like, okay, well, I've got all this other stuff that I need to focus on. I've got this, that, and the other, you know, that can wait. I can just do it another time or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. So there is that whole aspect or even just, um, you know, when I'm, when I am like designing shirts, like I'm constantly dragging my husband. What do you think about this? (laughs) what do you think? Look at what I, you know, he's like, it's great, honey. It's great. You know? Um, So it, but it is a very, it is a very lonely place to be. And if you're somebody who I kind of have this sort of makeup in my human design where I am not a very good decision maker, like I am a person who can't, like, it is physically hard for me to make decisions. And so part of that (laughs) <laughs> what comes in what comes into play with that is that I'm constantly second guessing myself so if I'm forced to make the decision I will replay the decision in my head and torture myself with the fact that I don't think I made the right decision or should I have made another decision or how many more options can I put out on the table so that I can make the right decision So like let's just keep looking for all the options because I can't make a decision so There's all these things that come into play when you are trying to run your own business and be in business for yourself. And is that for everybody? No, it's not.
0: It's not for Um, the majority.
1: mm -mm.
0: But I think with that whole like social selling, online marketing industry booming, how it is right now, it makes a lot of people think like, well, maybe I am that person. Maybe I could do this. And they try for so long to make it and they're not that type of person, which it's not a bad thing, but it makes you feel bad about yourself. So it in turn kind of is a bad thing. The one thing I tried to do for accountability is to, so if I wanted to do the 4th of July sale, I would have made a graphic and I would have posted about it. And I don't always, because there's lots of things that I don't actually like, I'm like, no, I don't want to be held accountable. But for some things, I am like my book. I keep posting about it. Like, the book is coming out in September, it's coming out in September, it's gonna be ready in September because, like, I need to keep talking about it. Because if I keep saying it, then I'm gonna have to do it. Same with my well, there's something
1: that comes along with putting it out there in the universe, too, and like actually saying it out loud, you know. So, right, like that, and that is part of my issue, too. Like, I hold stuff in because. I know that once I do say it out loud, it's going to happen. Like, that's just it. Like, mm-hmm. once I say it, then, okay, here we go. Here we go. You know,
0: yeah. the ball is rolling. Yeah. So, yeah. So I keep a lot of but maybe, my thoughts. You know, maybe too, like, that's why it's also hard because you're like, oh, I should have did this sale. Like I shouldn't, you know, why did I not do it? but really it could have been for whatever reason there was something in your soul that was blocking you to do this that you didn't feel like Yeah doing. and I and so- I know
1: what it is like I thought I was going to be done with this work project last week and I got all of these monkey wrenches thrown at me where now I'm still in it this week and like the events are happening next week and I canceled a whole vacation for 4th of July because I knew that I was going to be in it, not because I had to, but I just yeah. knew that I was going to be in a place where I wasn't going to have internet service. And I needed to have access to some of these things that were going on. So, um, you know, and, and so it's, it, I know deep down if I would have, like, let's just say I ran, run a sale and it blows up. And then this week, now I've got this on me and that, like, I would have been putting myself in that undo. Yeah. Unnecessary pressure under that unnecessary pressure, and I and I don't need, I don't want to. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> that's, that's just the bottom line. I don't want to. <laughs> that's, but it's good because it's good that you think that way because there is no push to do it. Like if you're stressing about money and you have the scarcity mindset that most people have then you will push yourself to do things prematurely because you have to make money. You need Mm -hmm. money so bad. And that's why if you have a passion project, like your apparel business, I would say is the same thing. Like it's something you're passionate about. You love to do it. Then try, if you have to go get another job to take that pressure off so it can remain a passion project where it's not like the bills are due. We need $2,000 by next Friday. Like Because then you're not going to be operating out of passion and love and and just abundance. You're going to be operating out of fear and scarcity and limiting beliefs. And it's going to feel terrible and you're not going to be successful. It's not even going to work. And if you do get success for a minute, you're never going to last because you can't sustain that. And so that's so mature that you were like, no, I don't need to do that. And you're right. You have put yourself in a position where you don't need to do that you have another job that's paying your bills and now you have this passion project where now you're like okay when i am when i'm ready for these sales to come and you've always said that you know that when you go all in it's going to happen and it's being prepared for that to happen and right. being ready for that like are you ready for 100 orders to come in today and no. a lot of us you know aren't <laughs> no. a lot of us aren't ready for that big success like we don't have systems set up. We don't have things ready to take on all that success. So instead of thinking like, well, I need, I need to sell more. I need to sell more. I need to do that. Think about like, are you ready? And that's what we used to say for network marketing. Like if someone came to you right now and said, I'm all in. I want to join your team and I want to make $100,000 in a year. Show me how. Would you be ready to teach that person how to do that? Because if the answer is no, that person is never going to come to you because you're not ready. So work on getting ready. And preparing yourself for it instead of focusing on the result of not having it. And then it'll come. But in your case, you know that when you do it, it's going to work. So you were like, I got to wait a second because it's not, it's not time yet. Right. You know, and that's good. But if you need accountability and you need someone to do something, please message me or message each other if you feel more comfortable doing that. If you want to be on here for the live recording, You can find that link on my link in my bio too. And you can be on here live with us, talking to us and having accountability that way. And we have a group chat that you can be a part of and share, ask questions and advice. And hold on, don't get off. I just added something to my link tree this morning. And if you click the link in my bio, it'll take you to my link tree. The very top of my link tree, it says, ask me anything. And I'm going to have people ask me questions, whether it's about business, social media, following God's plan, purpose, any kind of question you have. And I'm going to answer them live on the podcast and kind of turn them into topics and episodes and stuff like that too. So any question you've been dying to ask me, um, anything, put it in there, ask away. Um, Thank you for being on here live. And thanks, Alicia, for chatting back and forth. Thank you. Um, I love you guys. Let me know if you need anything and, um, I'll see you next week. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening and spending your morning with me. I pray that God blesses your day and that he helps you to see the calling that is on your life. Lord help us to be obedient to what you've called us to do help us to walk in our day side by side with you and link with your power instead of trying to do it on our own we know we cannot do this on our own although we try please continue to help us and continue to lead us and guide us we love you so much in jesus's holy name amen have a blessed day thanks for being here